0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Wish Upon a Star, your unofficial Disney song-by-song podcast. I'm Amanda the Person.
1: And I am Frodo the Lawyer, and we are still talking about Make Mine Music.
0: Yep, we're doing it. It's great. Let's, well, let's get into it. Let's just pop right in. Let's make some music mine. Let's mine some music. Hi-ho, hi-ho, it's mining music we go.
1: Do you think this was, like, all a a reference to Snow White and Seven Dwarfs, the mine, the double Uh, meaning of the word mine?
0: Oh, you know what? I'd pull, I'd pull a theory up, but I don't want to make these episodes any longer than they have to be.
1: Well, I mean, we we obviously talked about how Zach Efron was in control of the mine.
0: That's true. So
1: this is, they're saying make mine music, so they're... It's oh, Zac, they're,
0: make mine music.
1: Oh my god. Uh, they're making dwarf mine music. What is happening? Yes. Oh my god, Zach Efron! <laughs> You've done it again! <laughs> What's our next song we're supposed to talk about? I don't
0: know. So the next segment is, we thought it was an original song, but it's not. So tell <laughs> us about Without You and how it failed us, Frodo, before we move on.
1: Yeah, so Without You, it is, uh, I don't know, it's this like sad love song thing. Um, it was sung by this guy named Andy Russell, who was originally known as, I mean, not known as, his birth name is Andres Robago. Um, hmm. But he, he changed his name to Andy Russell for, you know, Hollywood, old timing yeah, purposes. because of racism. Right. Uh, he's yeah. known for the song Besame Mucho, which I think I've heard of before. I don't know. Hmm. Um, he sang bilingual songs in both English and Spanish. like Cool. The, the songs would have both. Um, but what this song is, it's just a Cuban song called Tres Palabras with new English words. And under our criteria, we're saying, if the music is an original we ain't counting it, so.
0: Yeah, so get out of there. I will get say that there. makes sense, because I found that it had, like, about halfway through. I'm like, wait a second, this has kind of like a tango push to it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh,
0: so that checks out. But we're gonna move past it.
1: Yeah, it was also kind of boring.
0: So sorry, Andy. Let's talk about the next segment, which is another weird one.
1: The next segment is Casey at the Bat, which you may know as a poem that people know about.
0: Yeah, I actually I have the poem here. I can read a little bit of it for oh, yeah, yeah. everyone's Re- remembrance. Read that poem. Um, this is also, like, we, in eighth grade, we had to memorize poems and recite into them to the class and they had to be a certain length. This was like the number one choice of poem.
1: Because it was like the only one that was cool for boys because it was like sports and not emotion.
0: Right, exactly. Because boys hate feelings but love balls. Yes. <laughs> uh, so Casey the Bat is by Ernest Lawrence Thayer, um, who lived from 1863 to 1940. It's not super relevant, but it was in, included when I copy pasted this poem from the website <laughs> that I got it from. So the outlook was not Im- Ooh, try that again. The outlook wasn't brilliant for the Mudville Nine that day. The score stood 4-2, to with but one inning more to play. And then when Cooney died at first and Barrows did the same, a pile like silence fell upon the patrons of the game. A straggling few got up to go in deep despair. The rest clung to the hope which springs eternal in the human breast. They thought, if only Casey could but get a wh- whack at that, we'd put up even money now with Casey at the bat. And it sort of goes on like that.
1: Yeah.
0: And then, like, Casey tries hard yeah and he doesn't they try to kill the umpire for a while so like it's a it's a pretty nice basic poem this poem they really expanded in some bad ways for this short
1: yeah they added a musical portion and which is why we're
0: calling it a song because they like sort of sing parts of it and parts that they made up which is why it's original
1: the song is Casey the pride of them all and yeah, it's it's used only a couple times in the—it's a pretty long short, but they only use the, the song a couple times to supplement the poem that's being recited.
0: Yeah, and even then they, like, change the poem to make it more sexist.
1: Yeah. It
0: wasn't it, really. It, like, they don't mention gender at all in the original poem, and then in this one it's all like, The women loved Casey. They don't know about baseball. They love Casey. That yes. cutie pie's gonna stab an umpire.
1: Yeah, the, the uh, they, they call someone a cutie, um— I actually looked on Disney Wiki to see if, like, her character name was Cutie or something, <laughs> but it was just, uh, she's just one of the the girls. Um,
0: and that's also, like, that's a, the line that they say there. It's like, they, like, the Cutie tried to stab him is a line from the poem, but it's just, like, the crowd or the person or something. Like, it's not, mm. they just changed one word to make it worse.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's in my, you know, I'm a, I'm a big baseball fan, and I was going into this thinking, like, oh, this could be a cool uh, chance to, like, you know, really like see how they portray baseball and stuff, but to be honest, it's just not very interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean there was some cool like animation tricks in it. Like at one point one of the guys who I think was Barrows gets his mustache tangled in his bat and is like fighting with itself.
1: To me, this was them trying to do Looney Tunes type stuff, but not being as good as Looney Tunes.
0: Yeah, like stay stay in your lane, Disney. This is yeah. not your not your thing.
1: The the song itself, I actually think it kinda of has a memorable tune, more so than a lot of the things in this uh in this movie. It's uh yeah, I can't even think of all the lyrics now, but I can only think of, um, since you mentioned the sexist stuff, they say, uh, you know, Casey is so great at baseball and stuff, but then the line goes, um, but mostly the, he likes ladies or something like that. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a memorable-ish tune. So... I don't
0: remember it at all, and I watched yeah. it this morning. <laughs> um, but it got a Disney World restaurant,
1: and I yeah. like that there's
0: a Marching Band briefly portrayed in it. Mm-hmm. Also, the end of this short is super dark.
1: Yeah, he, he, like, strikes out, and then what well, Then what happens?
0: Well, yeah, but then he, like, like the final shot is, like, of him, like, in an empty stadium, like, in the rain, like, throwing baseballs up and trying to hit them over and over again and continually missing.
1: Yeah, a lot of the shorts in this film have very depressing endings. They really I mentioned do. The one, or when, when the Martins and the Coy's ends with domestic yeah. violence, the...
0: Blew by. It was just a real downer the whole <laughs> time. So how thing. bad I, it was.
1: Without you is just the whole thing is sad. It's you know this lost love story. Mm-hmm. K- this Casey the bad end sad. We'll get into eventually um, uh, Willie the Whale. It's and... like dark
0: stuff in this movie considering it's like the pop yeah. music fantasia. Agreed. But yep. Yeah, so that's Casey. You'll play a little clip of it somewhere in there. Yeah, sure. Well, cool. then I'll remember what it sounds like. I guess when I listen to the episode.
1: Oh, what a lark to ride up to the park, and just to see
0: Casey! They travel for miles and they stand in the aisles, and just to see Casey! The ladies don't understand baseball a bit; they don't know a strike from a foul. Or a Should we grade it? I'll grade it. It's Two out of ten baseball bats.
1: Yeah. Um. What What have I given things so far? I did. I, did I give anything a D plus yet?
0: No. You had to give an F plus. But not oh, a D+. right, right, right,
1: yes. Well, this is going to get a D plus For... That <laughs> uh, baseball dough. <laughs>
0: Perfect. I I mean, I don't have anything else to add for that. Two out of ten. I thought it was boring, but it's not the worst
1: yep. Disney song. I guess. Uh, Two Silhouettes is next.
0: Yeah, Two Silhouettes was nicer. Two Silhouettes become as one. When lights are low. And with the slumbering on Two Silhouettes is described as a ballad ballet. Um, it's The song is sung by Dinah Shore. Um, and it's, again, just a very generic sounding 40s song um, And in front of these two silhouettes of dancers. And it's
1: real actors, right? That they are kind of
0: it's yeah, turning it into is. animation. The technique is called Ro- well, it's called rotoscope um, or rotoscoping.
1: Explain it, please. Yes,
0: this is a man does professor moments. She's per- I know things.
1: She has tenure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, there it is. Um, so it's an animation technique um, where animators trace over motion picture footage frame by frame to produce realistic a- action. Um, so often it'll be like they project photographed live action movie images onto a glass panel and trace over over the image. Mm-hmm. Um, and that particular equipment is called a rotoscope, which was developed by Polish-American animator Max Fleischer. Um, and it was eventually replaced by computers, but it's still called rotoscoping.
1: Oh, really? Even with the computers? It's not, like, it's not rotoscoping X?
0: Yeah, like, the technique is still just called rotoscoping. So, like, it's a cool look. Like, it's a very, when I was watching this, I'm like, oh, this is super realistic, and then I found out about the rotoscoping. Um, there, as a brief appearance by the Fantasia Cupid's, which I was very angry about, because I did not want them here. They had their time.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, I did notice that there's...
0: They're in know. silhouettes, that's, like, not...
1: Right. I guess, like, I, guess proven, I, was, I was thinking, but... like, oh, they, they took real cupids and, like, rotoscoped them, but no, I guess that they were <laughs> <more> <laughs> animated, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so you didn't care for this one, it No, I mean, like. I think...
1: It, it's not like I disagree with anything that you just said. I just, um... I just didn't...
0: Well, those were mostly facts. I didn't give really my opinion <laughs> yet. Well, you said it was generic so... forty
1: sounding. I kind of... I agree with that, um... Yeah, Most of my notes were not about the actual song because I found it kind of boring. Um, I took a few notes on Dinah Shore. Did you do the same?
0: I did not. I have a bit of a, like, a, um, I have a conclusion I came to about the song that sort of influenced my whole thoughts about the oh, okay. movie, but tell us about Dinah Shore first because I think that'll make more Dinah
1: sense. Dinah Shore. So I had heard of Dinah Shore before this, and I, yeah, but same. I was thinking, like, why have I heard of Dinah Shore? Because, like, I wasn't around in the 40s and such, and I looked her up, and it was like, she was in, like... Uh, she had television shows in the 50s and 60s And she hosted um, like variety shows And she hosted some talk shows in the 70s But again I was mm-hmm. not around for any of this So I was like why have I heard of Dinah Shore right. now, I've usually only heard of things That happened while I was alive Which is why I'm hosting a Disney podcast That takes place in the 40s um, <laughs> But then I remembered She's in the Hanukkah song By Adam Sandler Because she is Jewish Yay. So Um And the lyric specifically goes, and I'm going to do an Adam Sandler impersonation, so bear with me.
0: I'm excited and also scared.
1: David Lee Roth lights the menorah. So does James Conn, Cook Douglas, and the late Dinah Shore. Wow. That was,
0: I'm so glad I was able to go on that journey with you. Yeah. Cool.
1: But yeah, Dinah Shore, she's, in the Hanukkah song, so that's how I knew who she was. The end. That's my that's my story. Anyways,
0: I had heard of her <laughs> elsewhere, but I don't know where. I just yeah. I didn't listen to Hanukkah song that much. Um, but cool. Yes, yeah, sounds like she was a pretty dope. I, lady.
1: I do think that she performs this pretty well. I think that she's a, a good singer.
0: Yeah, it's it's a lovely like. So so this is that kind of that transitions nicely into my thesis statement on this whole thing, and it's like. And it's kind of what I feel about all these songs. I keep feeling bad because they're, like, nice songs. Um, like, they're all teched, they're all mm-hmm. fine, they're sound nice. But, like, in the song, they keep talking about, like, the lyrics, um, go, like, part of the lyrics go, Two hearts on fire will soon inspire the stars to dance. The flames that stray will light the way to our romance. And, like, There's no fire in this or any of them, which I think is what separates these songs from, like, what we think of as Mm -hmm. Disney songs. Because one thing that traditional Disney songs tend to do really well is get to the heart of the character and what they want and expose their raw emotions. Even things like I'm Wishing shows the deepest desire of the character, right? A character we learn about quickly and so can care about. Um, And then you can look at, like, later more powerful versions of that, like Part of Your World. Um, Like, as an example, where, like, you connect with the character and then the song And I think that's one of the reasons why, like you and I, didn't super connect with Wish Upon a Star, and like weren't sure why, and got some flack from it. I think it's because we just like didn't care about any characters yet, and there was no one who was like using it as their wanting or their yearning, and always returning. Um, And like also why we don't care about any of these songs because there's just no one there to care about. It's just some nice song that's happening. Yeah,
1: and I think that you know we we both liked. All the cats join in, and that gave us yeah. a few characters. It's not like we have to know a lot about these characters or have them have dialogue. It's really just sort of showing them doing something,
0: uh, right? Well, because you also like you only need a few basic cues to make a, a character seem like halfway a person. Yeah. Um, like even just things like the way that they like they blushed or they like danced or who they danced with or whatever. And the cats bit was like little things that were are like, oh yeah, you like you, they makes you root for somebody. And if I'm not rooting for anyone, that I don't care about the song very. Yeah, I guess
1: much. using silhouettes in that way then does. Um, I don't know if this is your ultimate point, but you know, when it's a, a pure blank person, it's hard to connect to something that is a shadow.
0: Right. Plus, they weren't like they were doing a nice dance, but it it wasn't an emotionally charged dance, and yeah. because there was no emotion, there was no character for us to connect with. The song didn't become interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Well, playing off of your your thesis, then. I'm going to put forth my uh, my statement of one thing that I would change to fix this song. Yes. Yeah, my one thing I would change. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I hate the melody, so obviously I would, like, ideally I would change a lot of things. But if I was going to change one... Sure, but you get one. Just one thing. I would have the two silhouettes, mm-hmm. I would have them do something besides dance.
0: Ooh, nice. Like,
1: have them act out a scene or, like, do anything interesting other than, like, dance for 20 <laughs> seconds. That's what I would change. You know, like, have them, like, microwave it. a pizza, you know, whatever. Some, any, anything. Ooh, yeah. Dancing is nice, but, like, it wasn't really communicating anything to me. But...
0: And if they did microwave a pizza, that could bring the fire.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: Could I offer a potential from for my end? Yeah, go ahead. I want to keep dancing. But... I want to take the silhouettes away and replace them with the dancing figures of Vanessa Hudgens and Zac Efron in High School Musical three when they dance to "Can I Have This Dance" or "May I Have This Dance"? I don't remember the I name. I don't.
1: I've never seen High School Musical three, and I don't want to. No.
0: <laughs> well, we're going to fix that at some point. But they sing, they dance to, a, they sing and dance to a very nice song near the end of their senior year, on in that rooftop garden thing again from High School Musical one. And it just is a very nice visual of the two of them. They look happy and in love. And I can keep the same music, even, and just put them, not in silhouettes, just them. Like, Photoshop the background off of theirs and put the background of this on instead. And that's my short. I
1: I think that works. <laughs> that works. Um, You know, like, there's some people that, like, like to mix all of their Thanksgiving food together. And some people that like to eat, like, their turkey mm-hmm. separate from their stuffing. For, for me, right. like, I like to... Eat my high school musical uh, separate from my uh, terrible 1940s songs.
0: <laughs> well, in both Thanksgiving and in this, I'm a mixer, baby. Did we... We didn't grade it yet, though, did we?
1: No. I'm, I'll just say mine. I'm giving it a D- minus for Dinah Shore.
0: I'm giving it a 2 for, out of 10 for I don't remember how the song goes. and I listened to it eight <laughs> hours ago. It's a real shame.
1: Okay. Well, then the next one up is Peter and the Wolf? Uh, mm-hmm. We talked a little which bit. Which is not
0: an original song. No, it is by. It is quite, in fact, a famous song. Yeah.
1: Now you might think it's like really old, but it, it only was written in 1936, which was only 10 years before this. You know, it would be yeah, like
0: time is wild, y'all.
1: Yeah, it would be like if you know a movie that came out now had like I'm on a boat or something like that. You know, that's the, <laughs> the same equivalent of time. I would love that. I would love the Fantasia version of I'm on a Boat. Well, you'd be like, oh, you know, such a famous song. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was written by a Sergi Prokofiev, who is a Russian, and it was written for children, which I think is a a cool thing about it. Um, Now, you had Mm -hmm. mentioned before we started recording that you're not the biggest fan of this. I am a big fan, and I'd like to tell my little fan story of Peter and the Wolf. Please do. Peter and the Wolf. Uh, I had never seen Make My Music before we we did this, but right. I had seen the Peter and the Wolf segment, and I think that they released it specifically on VHS just by itself in the 90s, and so that's why I've seen it. And this was something I really liked to watch when I was growing up. Okay. Like I said, it was written, it's a classic music piece that's written for children, so it's meant to really resonate with children. It tells a story mm-hmm. of... A young boy peter and his animal friends as they go hunting for a wolf and specifically in the music each character has their own uh motif, which we've discussed before and i never know if i'm saying that yeah. word right but and i always forget <laughs> um and each of these motifs they have uh a different instrument playing them so peter has the strings playing for him uh, the bird Sasha has flute. Yeah, the duck Sonia has oboe. The cat is clarinet, and the wolf has French horns. And as a, you know, I I don't know if this is the case, but um, just thinking, sort of in retrospect, now that I'm doing a music podcast, <laughs> um, I think that seeing this as a young boy uh, and really liking this probably influenced my uh, the fact that I um. I really care about music in in movies and in stories yeah. and how music can be used to tell a story. And you know the fact mm-hmm. that in Peter and the Wolf, that's the whole point of what it was is the each character has their theme and that's you know that's how the story is told,
0: right, how the song right. is told.
1: So uh, I guess what I'm saying is that it's all this section's fault why this podcast exists. <laughs>
0: Aw, I mean, I didn't like dislike this section. Like, I I really liked the assigning of the of the music instruments, like two mm-hmm. characters and things like that. Like, that was super cool. Um, I just thought that like, I mean, like it's for kids, and because I never saw, I never saw it as a kid. Some things hold up well and translate well to adult mm-hmm. people, and this one for me like didn't scratch the itch. Yeah. But it was nice. I was sad when the bird seemed like it was murdered, and then went to bird yeah. heaven but then got better. Yeah, yeah I, guess. I, th- I think
1: uh, yeah, that that is a thing that always scared me as a kid, but the but he does. He does. Sure. Uh the duck does survive ultimately. Since this isn't a Disney song um and I don't think that the state of Sergei Prokofiev is going to like find out about this podcast. Let's play some of the uh the song for you guys to listen to.
0: Perfect. <laughs> Um, also, fun fact: They studied the movement of the wolf in this piece to make um, to work on the wolves in Beauty and the Beast. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the anim- animator studied it, hmm. but it does also contain like my new favorite insult when they called Ivan the Cat a little shy on brains. <laughs> Just like what a great expression!
1: Yeah. yeah. um The person that that did that s- word saying was Sterling Holloway, who we've seen
0: oh, he's now A everywhere. bunch of times.
1: Yeah, he. Was the stork in Dumbo, he narrated, uh, what did he narrate? Was it the penguin thing? Yeah, it was the penguin thing in um, Through Caballero. So whenever they're like, we need a guy to (laughs) narrate something in kind of a flustered, funny sort of way, they're just like, Sterling, get over here.
0: (laughs) Uh, But since there's no original song, there's no grade for this one, so let's Mm. scoot on past. Yes. Let's ease on down, ease on down the road. So, before we move on to the next original song, there's one more that is not original because it's just... Or, rather, it's not a Disney song because it's just instrumental. After You've Gone, it's called. Um, it's no lyrics, it's just jazz. Um, it's just kind of a generic jazz song with that disembodied legs and hands danced on piano keys too, which was weird but it was just it was said that it's the swinging sounds of benny goodman quartet set to an animation that
1: is a lot of what hollywood movies were like back then it was just like let's get a bunch of famous singers and musicians and stuff and like shoehorn them into some really thin plot and it'll be a movie um, Yep. yeah I, I honest but like i'm sort of saying that as a joke but like honestly a lot I'm like of no that's kind of it like hollywood musicals i feel like most often were not uh defined by their great plot for most of hollywood you know this is before the era of west side story and and things like that this is um it's a, it's a different time. i mean
0: i've seen singing in the rain if you just wandered onto a set at the right time you could be in a movie <laughs> then anyway the next short is johnny fedora and alice bluebonnet this this is the last original song yeah so johnny fedora and alice bluebonnet the kissing hats
1: the kissing hats. The kissing um,
0: hats. You think that people would notice that these hats had eyes and were kissing so much?
1: Um, the eyes almost looked like um, or m- reminded me of the Brave Little Toaster a little bit. Yeah,
0: yeah. I didn't uh, think of that before, but yes.
1: Yeah, it, it's. I I like this song, but I didn't love the short. Does that yeah. make sense?
0: Yeah, that checks out. So the the short is a fully sung story sung by the Andrews Sisters, another famous Hollywood group.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, they about... did Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy, yeah, the thing that people yeah. have heard
0: of. Um, and it's about these two hats, Johnny Fedora and Alice Bluebonnet, who are in love in a shop window, and then Alice Bluebonnet gets sold. Um, and Johnny Fedora goes on sort of an epic quest to get her back that involves him being bought and then stolen by a hobo, who later shoots a guy. And then they end up, you know, both having holes cut in them and being put on hats, or being both having holes cut in them and the main put on horses, but horses next to each other seem so to be together forever. And that's the plot yes. of Johnny Fedora and Alice bonnets I did yeah, I f- it.
1: I felt like it was a little bit long. I think yeah. it's seven minutes or so. It, it, I felt like it really could have been like three. So in, in our, uh, what's the one thing you would change for this song to make it better? I would cut it to like three minutes. I, I really think that like there's a long sequence in the middle when I don't know. He's he's just like sad because she's gone. I guess. And like, I mean,
0: honestly, I would have cut it like just cut it after Alice gets bought because this movie is not afraid of sad endings anyway.
1: That's true. Yeah.
0: And it's just like here you'll play a little bit clip of the song.
1: Yeah. But, but well, like. <laughs> Well, it is kind of sad, isn't it? Like, they, yeah. they end up only together by being, like, mutilated and stuck on a horse.
0: Yeah, okay, but this... I have a lot of questions about this universe, because, one, some hats have eyes here. Like, the like, there's a police hat that sees Johnny a few times, and, like, he has mm-hmm. eyes, but other hats don't. So are like, are those dead hats? <laughs> <laughs> like, much like the Cars universe, I have some questions.
1: Yeah. Like... Yeah, they, they, didn't, they didn't think out the whole uh, logic. It wasn't like a... You know, they weren't expecting like an expanded universe to exist of the uh, Johnny right, Fedora and Al Clu like, Even world. at
0: the end, they like they just cut holes in these living hats. Yeah. Like it's they get to be fun and happy on horses, but they were like seriously maimed along the way.
1: You wonder if it's like uh, the Toy Story world where every toy is alive, or uh, you know, is, 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 are they only alive? It, it's not like they're only they only activate when people are not around. They seem right. to be like doing their thing while they're on heads so i don't it's very weird
0: it's weird i mean but it was at the end they got jazzy that was fun and like mm-hmm. honestly I, I like you said i didn't mind the song yeah it's yeah, like, I, it's fun know. it's it's too long but it's rollicky mm-hmm.
1: yeah i this agree is the tec- uh-
0: technical term
1: yeah, it's it's a bouncy little little song. I think that the melody is fine. It's very repetitive, but the yeah. melody is fine.
0: Yeah, uh, but Johnny Fedora, lost Alice blue bonnet. Like yeah. it's got a nice rhythm to it. Johnny
1: Fedora met Alice blue bonnet in the window of a department store. Was love. That- sight and they promised one night they'd be sweethearts yeah i think it's fine i am gonna give it a grade that i haven't thought of yet um <laughs> i can go look. first if you want me to yeah no i'm, I'm gonna, gonna... I'm, I'm gonna think of my grade oh excuse do me do it do it uh, you would
0: coward you won't
1: i think i'll give it a c minus okay no, that's too high. That's definitely too high. I mean, it gets a D plus. D+. plus.
0: <laughs> I'm giving a lot of... Um, oof, sorry. I, that D, really... D,
1: D plus for... Uh, pork pie hat.
0: <laughs> that doesn't start with
1: a D. It starts with a P. I, I'm allowed to do that.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> you can make it a dork pie hat.
1: Yeah. All right, <laughs> dork pie hat. All
0: right. There it is. I'm giving this one four out of ten because i guess it's my second favorite song in the movie yeah so it's no jazz cats but Mm -hmm. it'll do pig it'll do
1: yeah i i I could perhaps be convinced to give it a c minus but i was just sort of looking at other songs i've given c minuses sure sure and and versus d pluses uh you know uh you know i don't know know, though it's 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 unique enough, and I bet we're going to have enough bad songs coming up I'll give it a C minus. A C minus for Dork Pie Hat.
0: (laughs) You can always adjust later if you need to. For
1: Cork Pie Hat. Cork Pie Hat. Yes.
0: Uh. Cork Kai Hat. Uh,
1: Yeah, that's all I have to say about this one.
0: Yeah, same. So there is one more short in the Mm -hmm. movie. It doesn't have a song, but I think we should at least mention it.
1: Yes. It is The Whale Who Wanted to Sing at the Met. Which Which was an an an
0: existentially horrifying nightmare of sadness.
1: Yeah, it's it's by far the longest segment, or maybe Peter and the Wolf, but it's it's also very long. Um, yeah,
0: and it's not really like it's not a song. Like there's bits of songs in it, but it's mostly right. just like this whale singing opera.
1: Yeah, and I I do like that he sings that Shorten and Bread song because I I yeah, it's like one of those tunes you know a lot, but like I never like really knew what it was called, and now I know it's like. Mama's little baby, baby loves shortening, love shortening, shortening, shortening,
0: shortening, Mama's little baby loves shortening bread. So yeah so the basic <laughs> plot of the whale who wanted to sing at the Met is um there's this whale who sings opera um and people find out about him and assume that he's swallowed an opera singer or yeah. perhaps two opera singers and so go out to kill him.
1: It's kind of similar to the plot of uh Lost World Jurassic Park. Right, adore, right like
0: large mom, animal yeah. Must destroy only in this case. Large animal loves loves the power of song. Um, Yeah, I mean if
1: you think about it, like in that, (laughs) that's kind of making me like it more now that I am thinking of it in the terms of like uh, as a sort of a spoof of King Kong. Like then it's kind of funny. Yeah, Uh, when I was watching it, I I was like, "This is not good or funny or anything." But yeah,
0: yeah. What's the what's the big what's the big lizard guy? Godzilla. Yeah, like Godzilla. Yeah, but
1: they don't try to capture Godzilla. They just like have their. Cities destroyed by him. <laughs>
0: That's true. Um, and he, I mean, he's a very talented whale. He's great at casting a shortening bread over the waters. And like, it's nice. And they like, when they get out there, the whale, they're like, some people, like some of the birds tell the whale that like he's in the newspaper and so he's gonna have his big break. And then when the boat gets out there, like all the sailors on the boat like fall for Willie, mm-hmm. Willie the whale, and really like him. And like don't and keep the captain from shooting him for a while, and we see this like nice dream sequence of Willie, like what could be, mm-hmm. where he like sings at the Met, and does all these beautiful operas, and then he gets killed. And then the captain shoots him with a harpoon, and he and dies, he dies he... and goes to whale heaven. <laughs> yes, which is the second time we've seen animal heaven in this movie.
1: Yeah, when else did we see Animal Heaven? I don't remember. Well,
0: I mean, I know that the bird in um, Peter and the Wolf didn't actually die, but they still show us bird heaven. Oh, okay,
1: yeah. Uh, Yeah. I forgot that. Um, Honestly, like, I just didn't love this short. Like, it just, I thought it was too long, and I thought that, like, it it just was narratively weird, like, because it starts off with, like, where they're, like, like we don't see Willie. like there's like news of him and then they're like we have mm-hmm. to and then they have to go get him um it was it, it was like just i just felt like it was a kind of a mess and then it ends with I mean, he it's just kind dead of like and and I like the montage of
0: his potential success yeah. but like most opera it did end in murder
1: <laughs> yeah maybe that was also intentional yeah I'd, if i was going to to change this so mm-hmm. my one change i would do to make this short in a package film better mm-hmm. i would take the whale take the willie the whale the opera singer and i would take the the guy trying to harpoon him and i would get rid of all of them and replace them with a donald duck cartoon the end
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh no i liked it no i would probably if i was gonna change one thing i would put it at the front of the movie
1: Oh, okay. Well, I think it would be a better intro than than Blue Bayou, but, um, yeah. Sorry yeah. I didn't like it. Sorry, well, guys.
0: I mean, like, I don't know. It's kind of like, it's it kind of feels like it's the original ending to Little Mermaid that Disney changed because it was too dark, where, like, Ariel doesn't end up with Eric and, like, becomes Seafoam. Or, like, it's, or she gets to go to heaven because she experienced love.
1: Oh, really? That was a thing?
0: Yeah, because in the Hans Christian, Christian Andersen story, um, mm-hmm. like, mermaids, when they die, they don't have souls so they don't go to heaven they become sea foam oh. um and so like eric rejects her i mean he's not called eric he's just like the prince rejects her f- for another girl and so she dies of sadness but because she's learned to love and gained a soul she gets to go to heaven
1: oh uh, all right yeah. Yeah, that's that's cool yeah you know, i think we mentioned somewhere else in the podcast that i've been to copenhagen and went to the went on the hans christian andersen ride and like but i didn't go see the little mermaid statue because it was like too far of a walk from my um, my hostel, so that's probably why I don't know all this. And
0: I have done both of those things, the statue and the Hunter Christian Anderson ride. And I did the statue twice, I think. I don't know if I... I don't think I went on the ride twice. The second time I was in Copenhagen. Either way, I know my my Anderson. But yeah. one thing I wanted to mention um, that I got again from that tour.com article, I um, thought was an interesting point. The sort of last moment of this is of this, like, as Willie dies, is the narrator saying, um, like, don't feel too don't don't be too be- mean to the captain, um, because Willie's singing was a miracle and people aren't used to miracles. Um and they mentioned in the so, article that's
1: Jesus figure.
0: Well, they said that they thought that it was could be a commentary on like the animator's own artistic merit and they were doing this super cool work that like was doing really poorly at the box office and no one really appreciated them. And like just because people weren't used to miracles didn't mean they weren't miracles. That's fair. Right? Like, I thought that was... I mean, it doesn't really justify, like, whale murder, but I thought it was, like, an interesting no. perspective on it.
1: Yeah, it doesn't really justify the existence of this entire movie, but, you know, it's an interesting <laughs> point, yeah.
0: Yeah. But, like, or even things like like other things that flopped. Like, just, like, them being like, hey, we what we're doing is art, whether you see it as art or not. And I liked that. I do want to talk briefly about Nelson Eddy
1: who oh, yes. did... He's the voice.
0: The, he's the voice of every voice in this short, of really? which there are
1: several. That's crazy. I didn't know he did every voice.
0: So Nelson Eddy um, was a super famous singer. Actually, in his heyday, he was the most... He was the highest-paid singer in the world. Whoa. Yeah. Also, fun. my favorite fact about him is that he worked in the newspapers for a while, but he was fired from being a copy editor at his last job because he sang around the office too much.
1: He probably sang the Mammy and Bread song. <laughs>
0: Probably. And then someone shot him with a harpoon. Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, no! So he was a super famous singer, um, worked in all sorts of movies and things like that, um, but was like a fabulous opera singer. And so did all the voices for this, this short. And actually, I know you're never going to rewatch this again, Frodo, but people who are going to go home and watch um, The Whales Wanted to Sing at the Met, which I think is worth a watch. You can kind of tell if you go into it knowing that one person did all the voices, you can kind of pick it out.
1: It's kind of like like, uh, like South Park, but uh, yeah. But,
0: but like you didn't notice, and, I so yeah.
1: No, yeah, I, I thought he was the narrator and the voice of the 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 whale's singing voice, uh, like his deep voice. But yeah, wow, that's very impressive. Uh, it was, yes, what are your overall thoughts of Make My Music? I know you said it's better than Fantasia, I mean, I was, but
0: yeah, like I was pleasantly surprised. I don't better than Fantasia seems like hard because Sorcerer's Apprentice is so good and like I don't know but when I was watching Fantasia I was just like god this is taking forever
1: mm-hmm.
0: and like this one I was like it it popped along at a reasonable pace
1: yeah I for me this is my least favorite of everything we've seen so far I don't like it as much as Fantasia because I think the animation is significantly worse and I think sure, sure. the music is uh, even though it might be original in some instances and it's poppier it's more, more forgettable in my opinion
0: sure uh, sure
1: I I do I guess I appreciate that it's only 75 minutes instead of however long Fantasia is, but I don't even remember how long Fantasia is. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it felt it felt very long.
1: Maybe if I was seeing Make My Music in the theater, uh, mm-hmm. no, you know, honestly, no, I'm I'm not even gonna give it that. I I, I don't <laughs> think I would like it. I don't like how it doesn't have any narrative structure or any thematic tie between the, the sections or the shorts. So Yeah,
0: I mean, it wasn't my favorite, but I was just like, like, I enjoyed the bits of it more than I thought it would. And it went faster than I expected. So overall, it wasn't as horrible of an experience as you led me to believe right, it was going to right.
1: be. I think I just really hated that Blue Bayou <laughs> and the two silhouettes. and
0: Blue um, Bayou was rough. Yeah.
1: But I do highly recommend all the cats join in. And Peter and the Wolf might be a little bit... Uh, for the kids more, but you know, it, it's. I think it's a, a nice piece of music, and it's. Good. And I
0: would recommend the whale who wanted to sing at the Met. Yeah,
1: I recommend that so you can figure out who's smarter between my opinions and Amanda's <laughs> opinions.
0: Perfect. I'm excited. I'm actually, and I am actually excited because we next is um, Fun and Fancy Free, and that one's a little bit different in structure.
1: Okay, yeah, I haven't even looked ahead because I am doing this correctly, uh, but yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> well, Fun and Fancy Free is only two stories, oh. and one of them is the Jack and the Beanstalk
1: uh-huh. Mickey Mouse cartoon. All right, all right. Yeah, so we got...
0: Which I'm excited so about. So
1: I think, I think is this the one where uh, you know we have a, a Jiminy Cricket reappearance, or is that a different... Yeah. Okay,
0: all yeah. right,
1: cool. This will yeah, be no, fun. Yeah, no, next
0: one feels like more Disney than this one. Right. I have no idea what the songs are. Mm-hmm. But me neither.
1: <laughs> I've never yeah, seen it. But
0: it's... Me neither. I've seen the Jack and the Beanstalk um short before but i haven't the first one's like it says it doesn't even like borrow we'll find out we'll yeah i
1: have no idea what it is yeah um yeah we'll we'll see what happens and uh it yeah. should be a good and
0: time. it means we're over halfway through the package films now
1: what how many are there in total yeah.
0: well because next we have fun and fancy free and then there's melody time and there's ichabod and mr toad that's it yeah and then Cinderella.
1: Are you sure there's not like three more you're forgetting?
0: I I looked like four times today because I was just so desperate. <laughs> I'm like, how many more are there?
1: Yeah, we're almost through this wartime era. I mean, I know the war is over, but it's still the impact of the war being felt. And mm-hmm. we're almost into the Silver Age. And I know we have oh. we had a debate at one point amongst ourselves off the air. You know, is When does the Golden Age technically end? And I, I've seen online different definitions. Some people say it's all the way through Walt Disney's Life, but uh, the most common definition I see is Golden Age was uh, through Bambi, then the War Age, and then they the Silver Age is from the when the package films end until Walt Disney's death. So the Silver, I'll allow it, and, and I, I think that that kind of makes the most sense in my mind. The Silver yeah. Age movies in the 50s. And well, 60s, they're so
0: different than like the Golden Age ones. Right. It's gonna be fun, and we're getting there with your help. With your donations, yes. we can get there even faster. Just please
1: subscribe and please rate us and review because that yeah. is good stuff.
0: Join our Facebook group, the Wishy Pod Club. It's fun. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Do all that stuff.
0: Yeah. Do it. Just do it. Shia LaBeouf style. Just do it.
1: Shia LaBeouf, Disney <laughs> legend.
0: Disney icon. <laughs> <laughs> well, that He's going to be our Disney rena- renaissance Um mascot in the same way that Zephron and Vanessa Hudgens were having our golden age in the baggage films. Well we, we
1: have to go backwards in time so like Shia LaBeouf That's was true. like slightly before even Stevens was slightly before mm-hmm. uh, nice his musical. musical. so so he can be for the silver age it's gonna be Shia LaBeouf and then by the time we're at the Disney renaissance then we're gonna be
0: it'll uh, be like that old Alice in Wonderland tv show
1: Oh, I love that I'm just that kidding, show. Zach. F-
0: that show was awesome. That's I never, I only got to watch it on vacation because we didn't have Disney Channel, like, yeah. in our house.
1: Oh, did you, it did, was the Did best. you ever, like, get the free trial Disney Channel? That was what it were, where it was at.
0: Ooh. No, I didn't know you could do that, and now I have to have a talk with my parents. Well,
1: I, I don't think we did anything. I think it was just, like, once every, like, three months, we got, <laughs> like, a, a few-day trial of Disney Channel, and, like, the kids' shows were only on, like, in the morning because like i said uh-huh. shows work so i remember and like we had to take advantage of our time with disney channel so, oh yeah obviously so, like, you gotta cancel would, everything yeah we would like wake up at like you know whatever is early for a kid like five or six a.m and like uh-huh. crawl to uh, we could walk by then at this point we would, we'd walk <laughs> into our parents room and like turn on their tv and we'd be like i don't care that it's the morning we have to watch fraggle rock because this is our chance this is our chance <laughs> for fraggle rock
0: Honestly, if I were your parents, I'm surprised that that wasn't that didn't convince them to just buy Disney Channel.
1: Yeah, it's so good if point. If only they
0: could avoid having you crawl into their beds once every three months at six in the morning. Yeah, to watch Fraggle Rock.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Nothing
0: against Fraggle Rock, but like, privacy is important too. <laughs> All
1: right, I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. All right, <laughs> yeah, goodbye. The, the, important, go away. the important
0: message is that I'll never abandon Zach Efron, and I, I, this has been Amanda the person,
1: and this has been me, Frodo the lawyer. <laughs> Signing off
0: <laughs> And thank you for will- thank you for listening to Wish Upon a star
1: Make me minds make the music of mine. Zephron his mind
0: music feed it to him.